Welcome to In Conversation with Kathleen. I'm Kathleen Kettles. I'm a psychotherapist and I love people and their stories. In each episode, I'll be speaking with a guest about what the word success means to them. And at the end of each interview, I'll be discussing the episode with co-creator and editor Remy. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of In Conversation with Kathleen. I'm delighted to welcome textile artist, rug hooker, teacher, author and podcaster Deanne Fitzpatrick, who is based in Amherst, Nova Scotia. Deanne currently has a solo show of her artwork entitled The Very Mention of Home at the Gallery of Nova Scotia. Deanne also has work in the permanent collections of the Canadian Museum of History, the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia and the Art Gallery of Newfoundland. Deanne, welcome. It's such a joy to have you here. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. You know it is. Thank you. So I'm going to just start right off by first of all saying that the way I know Deanne, I knew of Deanne before, was my cousin Joanne in Ancaster, Ontario. She came over to visit one year and she brought me one of Deanne's kits, a cushion kit. And I know it's a pun and many of people have said it. I've been hooked ever since. I now do my own designs. I just love the rhythm and the sound of rug hooking and what it produces for wall hangings and the occasional mat for the floor, although I'm not that keen on foot walking on them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let me start by asking Diane, tell me where you are today and what are you up to? Today, it's um, a really beautiful day here. It's like spring in the middle of winter. We get that in Nova Scotia sometimes. And I'm in my studio, my downtown studio. I'm fortunate. I have like a little tiny studio at home and I have a small studio here in our downtown. And uh, the downtown studio has a retail space. So I have a bunch of people who work with me, friends mostly uh, that I've known for years and that work with me and we work together and we make rug hooking kits and patterns and supplies. But I also make one of a kind hook rugs. And as I'm talking to you, that's what I'm doing. I have my hands busy. I'm hooking a rug. And when I make my rugs, I just try to make kind of one of a kind, you know, um, though I do design all the kits and patterns for the studio. Mm-hmm. Your store is fantastic. The studio has so much stuff. And at the end of this, uh, we will definitely be putting all the links for people to come and uh, visit your your website. And uh, if they're in Canada, they can get over to the studio and and visit you in person. So tell me, Diane, what does the word success mean to you? And we're talking here about career, family stuff, health, anything at all. What does the word success mean? Well, it's about nothing but being happy. Nice. And do you think it's always been that way? No, I think when I was younger, I thought, I mean, I remember when I was in university, I thought success meant, you know, being able to support myself, really. That was quite a goal, you know. Mm -hmm. I had no ability really to do that at that time when I was a young person. You know, so it it has changed. as, uh, But now, like, I'm 57, Kathleen. How old are you? Are you allowed to say? I'm about to be 55. You're about to be 55? So for me now, it's really about contentment, you know. Like uh, not and not not so content that I'm lazy, but content and uh, you know you don't want to be like I always say a uh, self satisfied. You know you don't want to be too self satisfied, right? <laughs> yeah. Have something. So I uh, I think in my 30s, success was probably I probably confused it with being well known or you know what I mean or like different things so over the years. Yeah, I mean I think always. I wanted to really stay in touch with 
who I was and what I am. You know, I think I always knew like keeping your feet on the ground was the most important thing. Right. But, you know, you do want a house. You do want a place to live. And you might want a car, you know, if depending on maybe you live in, if you live in Canada, you want a car because it's so much rural area. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think at one time it was as simple as that. And then as as you as you, you know, as you, like your hierarchy of needs get met, you, you, you have more room. So when you were at university, you had that thought of, um, you know, I I need to support myself. And then Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, how did you get to this point? So you didn't, you weren't always an artist, were you? Or were you? No, no, I studied to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, uh, I was working in a, in a shelter for women who were in abusive relationships. And I did that for many years. And I, I was, you know, really I still am and was a feminist and I really wanted to work in that field. And I did a lot of work uh, around uh, people who were in date, like with teenagers who were in violent relationships and stuff Um, and wrote about that and, and did workshops about that. And, and I was interested in that, but I, and I could have made a living doing that. Like I could have always managed to make a living. I was, I learned how to hook rugs in 1990, the same year I graduated with an MED counseling. And I thought I I was, I don't know, I, I just, the more I hooked rugs, the more it mattered to me, right? And uh, I just slowly started seeing like there was an opportunity for self-expression there. And there was an opportunity for that I could, I used to just sell my mats at markets and stuff. And I thought, well, you know, and I never really, like, like I said, my only goal was to make a living. So at that time, if I could make 15 or $20,000 a year, I, I, like that was a long time ago, mind you. Um, I just thought, well, I could pay my way. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that because I'm thinking then, did you have an overlap when you were still working as a counselor therapist? Yeah. Did you then have to do the mats in the evening, do your rug cooking and sell them at weekends and do your day job yeah. during the week. Yeah. Yes, I did. I had an overlap. Um, so I had a business that I, uh, I started, I was, when I got pregnant with my son, I gave up my counseling job, like my full-time counseling job. And I was on a project and the project finished. I think I was an interim director at the transition house where I worked. And, um, uh, I got pregnant with my son and I thought, I think, and I'd been hooking about two years then. And I said, I think I'm not going to go back to work. Like, I'm not going to take another counseling position there. I'm just going to finish this. And I started a little business. And then I took, uh, what I did was I started a private practice. So I had a private practice and I worked at, uh, we have a university very near here and it's called Mount Allison University. It has a very beautiful fine arts program, actually. And I worked there as a counselor, as a counselor in the student services department. And I did that one day a week. And it was just enough to sort of keep me in spending money. Like um, I was very fortunate. I I got married by this time and my husband was able to, you know, just pay the bills basically. Like we had an old, we had an old house. There wasn't any work done to it or anything. And uh, you know, we didn't have a lot, but we had enough. Right. Which is, was all I ever really wanted. Right. Was enough. And so I would pay the oil bill, I think it was. No, no, I pay the light bill. I pay the light bill and some of the food and he would pay the mortgage. And so, you know, without that, I think the trajectory of being able to be a full-time artist would have been a lot slower, really, yeah, in sure. fairness, mm-hmm. right? There's one, it's, uh, and I talk to a lot of artists who tell me that, like writers and artists who tell me that, that having a partner um, 
in life had made it so much easier for them to practice their art. And so what was your biggest obstacle to overcome on that on that trajectory? Was it your own battle with should I be keeping on the counselling job or should I be earning more money to bring home to the family? Or was it other obstacles that were in your way? I didn't really, uh, I knew like I was passionate about this rug hooking thing, right? So it just overcame, you know how sometimes some one thing overcomes another, right? It's like if you love two things, then you just have to choose and you choose one. And I, I uh, the rug hooking, it wasn't even a choice for me at that at a certain point. I knew that I wanted to make rugs and if I could get people to buy them, then I could, this could be a way that I could support myself but also a way at some point there it became not so much about supporting myself but expressing myself it's such a healthy and healing thing to do isn't it to be able to do that so to be able to recognize that actually I might not bring in as much money this month but my ability to express myself through this medium is just so powerful and healing and wonderful yeah the first year in business I spent more than I made like the first year I had an art business, but it didn't really matter to me because, I, you know, when you're an artist, a lot of the things that you want, like wool and uh, for me, linen and the, you know, and to make the rugs were, these were the things, these were how I spent my time. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't needing, I wasn't needing Adidas sneakers and workout outfits. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all the things I needed were I could support myself through my art you know there were books yeah. and at that time it was mainly books and supplies right yeah yeah sure that's great and so that internal dialogue I talk a lot to, to clients about the negative internal dialogue that we can sometimes have that that gets in the way of our forward progress and choosing something we really want to do uh, rather than something we should do. Did you have any of that then? When you say you, you didn't make money that first year in business, what was the internal dialogue like at that point? It's all about the future. Like it was like, oh, well, it was all about like the moment that you're in, like the making, like I'm making this and I'm here. I was home with my children. I really, I did want to be home with my children. I, I had decided that, that somehow I wanted to be around them. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing it other ways, but that's just what I wanted to do. So it was just about being in the moment. And it was all about and everything that I've done in terms of art and business. And even still, it's all about, you know, being in the moment, but also just reinvesting in the studio, making it more beautiful. You know, that still goes on. And it was like that then too. And I, I think about how I know you now and I, I come to your Thursday lives and I watch your Thursday lives and I, I see Angela and Mary and Lorna and the people helping you out and Greg and other people that just appear and you think, gosh, what a beautiful team of people to have working for you. And they've all got different quality. Lorna cracks me right up, by the way. <laughs> She's got such a funny sense of yeah. humour. <laughs> sort of dry sense of humour, but really funny. And Angela's obviously like, my Remy equivalent, the sort of technical person in the group. Um, really, really great. So, you know, when you're on such a mission to just create, I say just create, but that was your mission early on in your life. I want to create, I want to make. Was there ever a time when perhaps the things weren't working out the way they should or your husband wasn't bringing in as much money on a particular time where you had any doubts at all that this was going to be your thing and your thing for life? No, 
I don't think so. No. Love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember once I was sitting with my sister, like a long time ago. This was like 30 years ago. I was just out to lunch with her today too. And I said to her, well, I think I'm just going to be home and I'm going to make rugs and I might start submitting some poetry to like maybe some poetry journals or something like that. And she was like, Deanne, that is just not going to be enough for you. Right. And I was pretty confident that it was going to be enough for me, you know? And I think really a lot had to do with like, I am able to live a lot more comfortably now than I did then. But I think a lot is to watch your needs, right? You know who Sister Stan is? You know who I mean, Stanislaw Kennedy? Well, she has this beautiful poem. Do you know who I mean, Sister Stan? From She's from Ireland. And she has this beautiful poem about like the bigger vessels get, the more that they can contain and how they can, you know, that you have to be really, you got to really watch uh, what, you're filling the vessels with, you know, because they can be overflowing and they can still not be enough. And I am like aware of that. Right. And I also have this friend, Krista, I'll tell her, she'll love it that I quoted her, but she, her father, (laughs) she said this to me years ago and she's like a really great person. And she said, her father said, to her years ago, just about like keeping a, like keeping a good partnership and, and just keeping aware of yourself in life. He said, you got to watch who you're running with, honey. You know, you just always got to watch who you're running with. Right. And, and what your needs are and what, you know, and what your vessel, what, what, you know, like what your vessel is containing and, and who you're running with and what you're running with. We become who we surround ourselves with in a way. So true. So did you always know you would succeed then? Oh, I well, see, to me, succeeding was just if I could, you know, like if I could just pay my bills, really, that was succeeding. So, yeah, I always felt like like after the first year or two, I always felt like I'd be able to manage. Yeah, that's great. Because also when you think back to when you first started doing it, first started making your own mats and selling them. Yeah. Could you ever have imagined you would have a solo show? at the Gallery of Nova Scotia, for example. No, but <laughs> in fairness, I wanted that. Early on, I wanted that. Like I was naive about art, really. Like I have no artistic training, but I was never a naive person. Like as soon as I started making mats and I started getting a nice response to them from like the public in general, then I started sending off images Like I sent an image to the Canadian Museum of uh, History and I sent images to the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia. Like I knew, I knew that that was important, you know, and I I wanted that. But did I think I was going to get it? Well, who knows who's getting that? Like, you know, (laughs) really, you know, know, it's just circumstances and having the right curator who connects with you. It's like getting born almost. Mm. You know it's what I mean? Though. You know, and all the other things you do that I've I've also done some of your courses, the harbor being one of them. I mean, you run these courses that are just so educational and fun and inclusive. It's just a lovely bunch of women learning remotely. Like obviously I'm not in Nova Scotia. So you're opening it up to you know the world really. And it's just such a a wonderful thing. So when I think about you and the success you've achieved in your own business as an artist, but also you're so selfless in the way you share all that. You know, you're very, very good at 
sharing this knowledge and this this skill with other people who I'd never heard of of rug cooking as a form of art before. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting hearing how success for you has evolved and clearly you were very you were absolutely sure of what you wanted to do and you did it. So my next question is about supporting another person who might be really keen to take a step into the world of becoming an artist and they have a skill, they have a gift and they're working hard on it. What would you say to them when they're thinking, will I, won't I, will I, won't I? Well, I think you have to be really clear about what you want and what your expectations are, right? And we talked about that and how I feel that I was really. And and that, that my if you if your expectations are like limited, you know, then if you limit your expectations carefully, then the things that happen are just good things. Not necessarily, but do you know what I mean? Like if good things happen, then that's great. But if you go in like with huge expectations that things will happen fast, things don't happen fast. Things happen slowly, right? Over time. So I'm at this over 30 years. And you said something about me being selfless. I'm not selfless. Artists are selfish, I think, because they just want to do their thing. Right. And so when I get to teach, I'm doing my thing, you know, and yeah, true. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I just and I'm single minded about doing that thing. Mm-hmm. So and I'm very selfish about my time. I'm like, I don't like I. And so I think that you have to be really uh, focused and yeah. single minded about your work. If you spend all your time trying to get a gallery or this, but when they knock on your door, you got no work, you got nothing. You got to do the work, right? You got to have, you got to have a show ready. You got to have, you know, a body of work ready. You have to have thought about that body of work so that there's some meaning in it, you know? So I think you got to do the work. And if you do the work, then all the other stuff, like building a business, approaching galleries or whatever that all will have to come that I think that has to be secondary because you're only going to get better if you make a lot yeah and you really do make a lot honestly I do. you know from week to week you've got another you know you're doing this beautiful neutrals rug and then you're doing something else you're doing the daisies and you're like hey wait a minute I'm still working on this <laughs> you know? and that's okay you know I'm just uh yeah I'm very fortunate that way I do make a lot of work yeah mm-hmm. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dan. This is just so good of you to give up your time to, mind you, you're still looking at the same time. So you're not technically giving up all your time. <laughs> That's right. See? Selfish. Selfish. Yeah. No, I'm joking. Uh, but that's been really, really good. I mean, this is all about success and what it means and how people have got there and what it means to them. Um, I ask you to tell Remy and I all the different links you'd like to share with us so that we can put them on the show notes for people to find you and and come and join the party. Really, the best way to find me is hookingrugs.com. It's it's our website. And from that website, you can go anywhere. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, um, all of those, all those things. But uh, hookingrugs.com will lead you to all those places. And on there, there's a free, there's some free courses about how to hook rugs, how to frame rugs, different things. And there's all kinds of information. And and on Thursdays, we do a live on Facebook. So that's yeah, all. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, the yeah. Thursday lives are fun, and you can get them on Facebook or Instagram, uh, or on YouTube actually now as well. Yeah, on YouTube and on our website, we have them listed there too. So great. Oh well, thank you so much. That's been an absolute joy to talk to you, Deanne. Oh, it was so easy. Thank you. 
Well, that was lovely. I really enjoyed speaking to Diane today. And what really stood out for me with her is that there was never any doubt that she was going to be an artist. She was very clear from the moment she decided. And off she went and never looked back. I know. What a what a dream to to have that kind of focus and ambition from yeah, from so early on and not really waver from that. Because I think when we have those when we have those ideas, as as I'm sure some of us do, a lot of us do, we never really know until until the time comes whether that is what we're gonna end up doing and uh how we're gonna spend our time. So yeah, it was great. She just kind of took a few took a few beats to think about the answer to those some of those <laughs> questions and then was like Yep. No, I always, I always knew. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love that. I think it's been, if it's a bit, you know, we're obviously doing a podcast, but if people could have seen the video where she sort of looked up from a rug cooking and thought for a second and went, no, I I didn't have any doubts. I didn't have any uh, thoughts that this wasn't going to work. But, you know, like she said, um, she was in the very fortunate position of having her husband who could pay the majority of the bills and she could pay for the electricity and the groceries. So there was that sort of balance there where while it was starting off and heading in the right direction, the first year she didn't make any money. There was obviously that kind of cushion there where for somebody else that might have been tricky, you know. But there's a definite clarity of vision that Diane expressed there that is really, I don't know what the word is. I, enviable probably that you just would I've I've never had that with anything really you know I've, I always knew I wanted to have children <laughs> that was one thing but beyond that it's been less clear and I think to to speak to Diane and to see how much of a sort of clear path she had even when I mentioned having her work showing in in galleries you know in, in Nova Scotia and also in Newfoundland as well that yeah, she didn't see her doing that, that straight away. But once she'd built a body of work, she was sending photographs of her work to these galleries. So she was very proactive, obviously, very proactive in the uh, in the journey that she wanted to, to make. Definitely. And I am the same. I haven't really had that clarity of vision with anything, I don't think. Apart from sort of now as an adult, I kind of, in my 30s now, I kind of have more of that. But certainly when I was younger and, and at the age that she was talking about, I definitely didn't have that clarity. But yeah, I mean, it's it feels like her her hobby, which is now her job, is she just wants to do it all the time. Like even the kind of she's she's hooking whilst we're you were talking with her and she asks at the beginning before we started recording, do you mind if I hook at the same time? Um, even though it's not being recorded, you know, the video is not being recorded or anything. And it's just she wants to be doing it all the time, which I think is a great, you know, that's what an indicator that is of whether something is right for you. And that's the thing, you know, she said herself that, that hooking helps keep her in that clear head state. It's easier for her to talk and hook. And that's the one thing I'd really stands out for me as now that I am a rug hooker. I've been rug hooking since 2014 and, and I really love it. There's something about that rhythm and the sound. So you're pulling yarn, wool or wool fabric or or yarn through the linen and it's got a very rhythmic sound and technique is very rhythmical. And there is something very calming and soothing. And it does give you that sense of 
ideas come up when I med when I when I was when I'm meditating. <laughs> That's true too. But rug cooking is like meditation. When you're rug cooking, it is like being in a meditative state, and you really feel grounded, present. And time just you lose all sense of time. Like you really do lose sense of time when you're rug cooking. It's it's lovely. And I'm sure that's true of many creative mediums that you just get into that zone of the rhythm and the sound, if there's a sound associated with that creative art. I absolutely love it. And I am amazed at how much work Diane produces. She is prolific in the extreme. I mean, honestly, her weekly podcasts are testimony to that. You know, she'll show you one piece of work. And there's just big pieces of work. You know, she does she does small pieces too, but I'm talking big pieces of work. And she's like, oh, I've, I've done this. And now we're moving on to this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's great. I love it. I love watching her work. So, and seeing what she produces. Yeah, so... Diane's interview was quite different to other people's because it was more direct, I felt. What did you think? I definitely got that sense as well. I thought it was very much more clarity in her communication style as well as in her kind of direction in her life, which I thought, yeah, admirable because that's not really how I have lived myself. Yeah, that clarity was really interesting to hear about. And also I loved it when she challenged you on her being selfless as well and I thought <laughs> yes. yes I really resonate with what she said they just know exactly what they want to do and they want to do it all the time and as someone who you know dabbles in various creative things myself yes mm-hmm. I would say that is a is a you could say a, a selfish act but really like it's self-care and and if you know you have to look after yourself in order to do anything else in order to be of any help to anyone um and in order to make any moves in the world you need to be looking after yourself and if you're an artist then that means doing your art mm-hmm. yeah I think that was a really cool challenge to to you and, yeah. it, and very much in keeping with the sort of direct theme. it was good I, I like that too but I was thinking you know I still feel it's selfless a lot of what she does because she's so generous with her share, sharing of knowledge some artists are very secretive about the way they, they work and how they create the pieces of work Diane is the opposite. She she teaches workshops on the subject. Now she says that's because I love it, and, and I'm still getting to satisfy my needs by doing that because I love doing it. That's true, and I'm still standing my ground here because you could ask an another artist, oh, how did you do that? Well, you know, that's my business. I'm keeping it to myself. Diane is not like that. You can ask Diane any question on one of her workshops and she will generously answer it and show you how she did it or discuss how she does these things, uh, whatever process or technique you're confused by. Now, that's selflessness. Mm. But I'll let her have it. If she wants to say that it's selfish, then fair play. <laughs> well, no, I think I think actually we, we possibly have met in the middle a little bit because I would say, yeah, I'd agree with, with you there as well that it sounds like she is very generous, like you say, with her, with her time and also her techniques, because like you said, not everyone wants to share how they've kind of completed and where they get their creative ideas from or or their different techniques that make their work special. And so, yes, I think there is probably a spectrum of how kind of generous artists are in their teaching. 
and then maybe it's more the with their own time are they are they selfless with their own time or not and maybe that's a separate thing but yeah no I definitely got a I definitely got a warm feeling from her and from what she was saying and how and she just it sounds like she wants to share she enjoys it so much that she just wants to share the joy and and the fact that that gives her joy and she feels like that selfish is just it's love isn't it the whole thing is is it just is love and, and as something else that she does actually at the end of each well not every time but a lot of times at the end of each Thursday live which is another free thing where you you, you see her working and she'll talk to you about different things to do with rug cooking and colours and all the rest of it at the end of each one it's it's half an hour long every Thursday at uh, eleven a.m. Nova Scotia time. I can't remember what you call that. Is it AST? Uh, anyway, it's four hours time difference from the UK. They're four hours behind. Anyway, at the end of it, she'll say, remember to share this recording with anyone and everyone because you never know who you're helping or how it will help them if they start rug cooking as a result of watching this video. And it's so true. I just, I've never stuck with a creative art as much as I've stuck with rug cooking. It has kept me going through the last umpteen years. So yeah, that was a great chat. Really enjoyed it. Thank mm. you, Deanne. Thanks for listening to In Conversation with Kathleen. I really hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoy making these episodes. In the hope that someone else benefits from listening to the show, please like, subscribe and share. I look forward to seeing you again next time. Thanks for listening.